Let's pray. Father, as we have come to your table this morning and received the precious body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, we are renewed and we are refreshed and we are forgiven. Lord, how can we say we love you but just to say thank you again for the wonderful gift of your Son, for it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to start a new four-week message series. It's called More Power to You. I, I like those words, M-P-Y-E. M-P-T-Y, I guess it should be. It always sounds like empty you. And so if you're empty, you do need a little bit more power. It's also some familiar words to me because I used to have a radio show which was called More Power to You. But this message series is not about a radio show or anything like that. In fact, it's about tapping into the potential of your faith in your life. Now, the Bible, I think we all know, has an awful lot to say about faith. For example, in the book of Hebrews, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In the book of Romans, it says that we are made righteous through faith. And in Matthew's gospel, it says that if you have faith, Nothing is impossible for you. Now, we learn over and over uh, the course of this series that your faith is not just something that you have in a list of things that you believe, and it's not just how you think. Your faith literally determines what you do, what you say, what you experience, and what you get out of life. Now, we're going to spend the next four weeks taking a look at how we can refine and increase our faith and put it into action in a way that pleases God. And the fact is that when you walk in faith, you will also experience the blessing of God in your life. And more importantly, when you walk in faith, you're going to be empowered to be a blessing in the lives of other people. That's kind of what faith is about. Now today we're going to open this series of messages with a challenge. And my challenge for all of us this morning is to, to begin developing a faith-based mindset. A faith-based mindset. I want to challenge you to begin expecting the blessing of God in your life. Now, you heard me say at the beginning, I'm about 75, 85% back to where I'd like to be. But by golly, I'm expecting God to make me better. I'm expecting. I'm calling upon His promises as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals all diseases, to heal me and to get me back as good as I ever was. Well, maybe like that song, I may not be as good as I once was, but I'm, good, I'm as good once as I ever was. Whatever. See, I want to challenge you to begin to expect that God will help you and protect you and use you and work through you in spite of whatever obstacles you may feel are in your life right now. Now, the reading Matthew, Matthew shared with you before came from Matthew chapter 9. And what you may not know is that in Matthew 9, there are a bunch of miracles that took place. There was a paralyzed man who was brought by his friends and lowered through a roof. And Jesus, healed, Jesus saw their faith and said he healed them. A woman touched the hem of his garment. I preached on that a couple weeks ago. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. A synagogue ruler by the name of Jairus... His daughter had just died, and Jesus went and he raised that man's daughter back from the dead. 
And then Matthew tells us this very short little story again. There it is, those words. It ends up this way. He not only heals them, but he teaches them a lesson about faith. It says, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Bingo, just like that. Now today, there are some of you here who are in need of a miracle. I know that. You need your sight restored, or you need your health restored, or some of you need your finances restored, or some of you need your married life restored, or you need your family restored, or you need your business restored, or you need your hope restored. There are some of you here today, I believe in my heart, who desperately need God to move in your life and to do something for you that you have not been able to do for yourself. Because quite honestly, if you could have done it yourself, you'd have done it by now, but you ain't done it. And all you got left is God to do it. And friends, I want you to know that this is where the life of faith begins. When you get at the end of your rope and you've got nowhere else to go, that's where your faith comes in. So today I want to share with you three principles of living in faith. And here's the very first one. The vacancy in your life is a call to start living in faith. Now think about that. The vacancy that you're experiencing in your life right now, that's the call to start living in faith. Now the vacancy in these men's lives in chapter 9 of Matthew is pretty obvious. They were blind. They couldn't see. Now this was not a problem that they could solve for themselves. They couldn't just go out and buy a new pair of eyes. They were in need of a miracle. And as far as they knew, this miracle only came from one place. It came from God. And it was at the point of their need that they had the opportunity to start living in faith. Now, someone has said, where your provision ends is where faith can begin. And there are a lot of things God has given us, friends, that we can do. But when our provision, when our ability ends, guess what? The only place to turn is in faith to God. It's the same for many of you here today. I thought about this message all week, and I thought about it for myself personally, but I thought about it for a number of individuals that I know, not only in this church, but in other churches that I've pastored. These are people that I know have a vacancy in their life. They have a need right now that is not being met. In fact, some of you this morning may have a vacancy in the area of personal relationships. Maybe you're just struggling with friendships. Some of you sense a vacancy in your marriage. The relationship is going cold. It's kind of started to head south. And you just are at wit's end and you don't know where to go and where to turn. Some of you are struggling with a vacancy in your financial situation. I know that there are people who, are who have a vacancy in their job outlook. But friends, no matter where your vacancy is, you need God to intervene. And I'm going to be very honest here. This last week, I had a day where I was about as low as I've been since I was in the hospital. First of all, I didn't anticipate being in there four days. I thought, like the doctor said, I'd be in and out, and I'd be back to normal just like that. Boom. <laughs> Not so. I started to come back to work this week. I worked a half a day. A bot killed me on Monday. I came back to vacation Bible on Tuesday. Man, I, did, I just stayed home. 
and I held myself my very own personal pity party. Nobody is around. I felt sorry for myself. I even got to the point of, of saying, God, I thought I was supposed to get better quicker. Where have you been? And God basically smacked me around a little bit and said, look, you're at the end of your rope. I don't blame you for feeling that way. In fact, he reminded me of some of the Psalms of David, those so-called imprecatory Psalms where David said to God, where are you at? And God says, right here. I'm right where you need. And I began to think about this message again, and I got to thinking, was I expecting just to lay around and feel rotten for the rest of my life? I said, no, I'm going to expect God to make me better. I'm going to believe in faith that God can do what God can do. It's at the point of helplessness that you have the opportunity to start living by faith. In fact, I would go so far as to say that God actually allows those vacancies in your life from time to time just so that you can learn to finally trust Him. And when we learn to trust Him, guess what? His power is turned on in our lives. And let me ask you this morning, friends, is there something missing in your life? Do you have a vacancy this morning that you cannot deal with in your own strength? Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. It's a simple statement. You're going to see it up here on the screen. It's a little risky, but it's worth it. Start expecting God to do something about it. I can't say it any more forcefully than that. If you've got a vacancy in your life, if you've got a problem, friends, today, right now, is the time for you to start expecting God to do something about it. You need to remind yourself that God is in control. Remind yourself that God loves you. In fact, God would have come into this world and sent his son into this world to die if you were the only one who was living. That's how much he loves you. You need to remember how much God desires to provide for you. God has not forgotten you, no matter how many personal pity parties you've ever thrown for yourself, no matter how many times you thought you were out there all by yourself. God is literally waiting for some of you today just to turn to him, to trust him, to put your faith in him, to put your problems in his hand and trust in his power. See, the vacancy in your life, this sense of helplessness, is a call to put faith in action. And I'm going to put some faith into action because God says, I'm going to make you better, but a little water won't hurt. <laughs> Here's our second point. Here's our second point. God responds to your faith. God responds to your faith and not just your wants and needs. Now we see this in this miracle here in Matthew chapter 9, especially in the story of the two blind men. Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do what you're asking? And they said, yes, Lord. And then it says, he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Now, I hope you caught that. According to your faith, not according to your needs, not according to you, what you want, according to your faith. Jesus is saying that you will receive from God 
what you expect to receive. These men received their sight because they had faith that God could and that God would heal them. He acted in accordance with their faith. Now, friends, let me ask this question again. This is my very personal question. What do you expect from God? Now, not very many people ask you that question, but what are you right now expecting God to do? Now, I've sat with a whole bunch of pastors one time where the leader said, what do you expect the Holy Spirit to do in your worship service this weekend? And somebody actually said, keep to himself. They didn't want their service to get out of control. They wanted a program for nice, quiet, peaceable, quiet. But see, sometimes when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, it gets a little bit out of control. But what are you expecting God to do? What are you expecting? What do you believe right now that God will do for you? I mean, do you say in your heart of hearts, oh, there's no way God can bring somebody special into my life. No, there's no way that God would ever heal me. No, there's no way that God is going to provide for me. There's no way that God can take care of my problem. After all, my problem is way too big for my God. I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. Well, friends, if that's what you think, guess what? You're going to get what you're expecting. If you don't expect God to do anything, deal with it. I'm challenging you this morning. I'm challenging myself this morning. I'm challenging this church this morning to raise the level of your expectations. I mean, look at the needs in your life and, and start practicing saying things like, God can do something about this problem. God will do something about this problem. God, I am trusting in you. Do you remember the last song we sang right before the sermon today? Or is it kind of like... I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus, trusting only thee, trusting thee for full salvation. And I forgot the last line all of a sudden. I just had an intellectual interlude. It happened. We see again and again in Scripture how God responds to faith. Matthew 21, verse 22, what does it say? If you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Matthew 17, verses 20 and 21 say, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would be done. Nothing will be impossible for you. In today's reading, what does it say again? According to your faith, it will be done to you. God responds to faith. Now, what does that mean? What kind of faith does God respond to? Well, that's a question we're going to pursue over the course of these next three or four weeks. But right now, let, let me talk to you very quickly about where this faith begins. Two points. Here's number one. Faith begins with an attitude of expectation. Faith begins with an attitude of expectation. It is an expectation that God will work all things out for the best. Even when the bottom seems to be falling out of your life, faith is having the confidence in God that he will see you through this, that he will ultimately bring good things into your life. I remember an old Indian philosopher once who said, 
Faith is the bird that feels the light and sings when the dawn is still dark. Faith is an attitude of expectation. But here's the second thing. Faith also includes corresponding activities or actions. In each of Matthew's miracles, those miracles in chapter 9, each person that Jesus healed put themselves in a position to be on the receiving end of a miracle. Think about it. The paralyzed man, what happened? His friends brought him. They even cut a hole in the roof and lowered him through. That woman in the crowd with that flow of blood, she pushed her way through a crowd just to even touch the hem on Jesus' garment. The synagogue ruler humbled himself and invited Jesus to come to his house. And these two blind men, they approached Jesus not one time, but they approached him two times. When they saw him on the street, they began shouting, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he went inside of a house, what did they do? They followed him inside that house. They were positioning themselves, if you will, for a miracle. I mean, they knew they'd never be healed if Jesus was on one side of town, they were on the other side of the town, or if he was inside and they were outside. If they were nowhere close to Jesus, they knew that, you know, so they just kept after him. So you have to look for ways to demonstrate your faith. I mean, I'd be so bold, friends, to say, if you want God to save your marriage, then start taking some steps to put yourself in a position where God can bring that to pass. If you want a situation between you and your children to improve, then start taking some steps right now that will put you in a position where God can bring it to pass. I mean, talk to your spouse and treat your spouse as you would if you were happily married. Put yourself in a position where God can bless it. I mean, if you want God to provide you with a job, stop, you know, start taking steps today to make that possible. You know, polishing up your resume, pursue every last opportunity there is that comes along. See, faith begins with this attitude of positive expectation of the goodness of God. And God then says, but, you know, put your faith into action. Next Sunday's message is actually called Faith is Something You Do. Faith is something you do. See, whining and moaning about what you need or whining or moaning about what you want or don't have yet isn't going to get you much. God cares about your needs. I can't say that enough. He cares about your needs. God has a desire to meet your needs. He cares about the desires of your heart. He wants to give them to you. There's no question about it. But I want you to understand that he responds according to your faith. Now, here's the third principle. You can only go as far as your faith is strong enough to take you. You know, there are a lot of people who just don't believe. They're always hedging their bets. They're never expecting it, really. You know, this happens to a lot of, uh, the majority of lottery winners. Do you know that? The majority of lottery winners end up broke or bankrupt. It happens to a significant a number of people who lose a lot of weight. What happens? They gain it all back, and then they gain back a little bit more on top of it. Now, why does that happen? Why does that happen to some people? Well, one reason is that many people, 
in spite of their improved circumstances, never learn to change their expectations about what is possible for them. I want you to take a look at this Bible passage up on the screen. This is a message translation of our text today. When Jesus, the man came and asked to receive sight, Jesus said, do you really believe I can do this? They said, yes, master. He touched their eyes and look at this translation. He said, become what you believe. That's a little bit different way of saying it. Become what you believe. Now, this is happening right now to every last person that's here. I don't care how old you are. You are becoming what you believe. I mean, if you honestly believe that God is for you, if you believe that God can work out the details in your life, even the difficult situations for your good and for his glory, you're going to experience that every day in your daily walk. If you believe that God is at work in you, changing you, making you holy, conforming you to the image of Christ, you're going to experience that every day as you walk. If you believe that God is just kind of waiting to pour out his blessings into your life, that he's eager to fill your life with good things, friends, I just believe you're going to experience it in your life. On the other, on the other hand, on the other hand, if you look upon life, and I had somebody tell me one time, I said, how would you describe life? And he said, life is a crock and then you die. Well, I got news for you, friends. If you believe that life is just a crock and then you die, if you just believe that life somehow is some cruel cosmic joke and you're not going anywhere that matters and nothing good is ever going to happen to you, you will probably experience that in your daily life. You will become what you believe. That's why I say you can only go as far as your faith is strong enough to take you. Before you get a financial windfall, for example, before that special person enters into your life, before the job opportunity ever comes along, you need to develop that deep and abiding faith in the goodness of God. To develop a faith in, in the ability, his ability to take care of you, his ability to change you, his ability to see you through. I mean, your circumstances are not going to change you. It is God working in you that changes your circumstances. Not long ago, I, I read a rather interesting piece. It came from the New York Times. They published a report done by, uh, about a study done by a group of doctors here in Texas who focused on a group of people who needed knee surgery. They separated those group of people who needed knee surgery into three groups. Two of those groups received different kinds of medical treatment. The third group received a pretend surgery in which no procedure was actually done whatsoever. They kind of put people out for a little bit, and when they woke them up, told them the surgery went fine. Two years later, the patients who underwent the pretend surgery reported the same amount of relief from pain and swelling as those who received actual medical treatment. Now, how do you explain that? Well, the study says because their brains were conditioned to expect improvement, and so they experienced improvement. Now, I read that and I thought to myself, if this can occur on a natural level, imagine how much more it can occur 
on a spiritual level when you place your faith not in a bunch of doctors from Dallas, but in the all-powerful and the all-loving physician known as God. See, my desire for each and every one of you, in fact, it's my personal desire for myself this week, my desire for us as a body of believers that this place called First Lutheran Church is that we will grow in faith, that we will get in the habit of expecting good things from God. See, friends, God really wants to bless you. He wants to demonstrate his goodness and his mercy and his power where you're the most vulnerable. He wants to help you where you are most helpless and where you have the greatest vacancy in your life. He wants to bless you, and as we've seen in the Gospels, he's waiting. He's waiting to respond to your faith. Again, I'll say it, according to your faith, it will be done for you. See, that means you can go as far in life as your faith is strong enough to take you. You become what you believe. So I'm challenging you all this morning and myself to put your faith in God. Don't hold anything back, especially not in the areas of your special needs. And then let God's power work in you and among us. May God bless that in Jesus' name. Amen.